0: Injured in a car accident? We cap attorneys' fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? No fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, LawyerUp 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, LawyerUp 904com We're We going to the Super Bowl, and we gon' win it. Who wants Me.
1: Who wants Me. Who
2: wants Me. We lost to the <laughs>
1: Right? This is a team win today. Offense, defense, and special teams. Trevor drop. Fires toward the right corner of the end zone. The ball is caught! Caught! Caught for the touchdown! <laughs> a hell of a win against a great football team. A playoff caliber team. That shows me, shows you right there, that we're right there. And we are right there with them. Shotgun for Trevor. He drops. He looks. Fires left side of most. God God! God! Zay Jones catches it! The two-point conversion is good! Jacksonville is taken the lead! Yes! The the
0: I need a one- I need a two ball here, guys. Ready? Ooh. One, two, three.
3: Ooh. I mentioned to this man on Thursday. Was it Thursday? It was Friday. 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 I said Ooh.
0: after after we win on Sunday. Yeah! It's victory yeah. ah! To
1: the Super Bowl! And we're gonna win this! This boy got a 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Jeff Lagerman, and E to the T. And E to the T for
3: that little extra flavor sprinkled right on top. Good morning, E.
1: We're going to the Super Bowl! And we gonna win it!
3: That's what I thought. All right. Uh, good morning, Tony Smith. Good morning. How many Super Bowls will we win in the next 10 years?
4: Uh, at least 3. I think
3: Logs gave us 10 a minute ago <laughs> on the on the break. Minimum 3, I I'd take 3. Yeah. Sure why not. Yeah. Right? Will we d- be disappointed with anything less than 3? I don't know about that <laughs> two would be pretty delightful one would one not I'm be win. yeah. one
0: will be unbelievable can yeah, we start right? with winning this week first
3: I don't know logs <laughs> we got ahead of ourselves we, that's the game we got to win this week to go to the Super Bowl Logs. we don't have to we necessarily to the Super Bowl, man. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean the Jags will be there when we get there but we're going to the Super Bowl come on uh, logs what's up how are it's you all good
0: man what a great Fun game that was. What
3: a great time uh, for Jaguar fandom after the, the crap of the last half decade.
0: Yeah, it was. It's, you know, the last multiple weeks, I remember it was six weeks that Trevor's just been playing really well. I mean, it's just been fun to watch. And, you know, when you drafted a quarterback number one overall, who many viewed as a generational player, you were hopeful that things would change and, you know, kind of wavered a little bit there. And there were some serious questions after the game in London. And then all of a sudden, wow. Well, he's got what the talent.
3: That's the thing. He's got the 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 nucleus of talent that, you know, whether guys fulfill their potential is always a mystery, right? Some of the greatest prospects in all sports have failed to materialize and and take advantage of the athletic talent that they have. It's not going to be, gonna be good because of a lack of hard work or anything like that, but, the, you know, obviously last year the mess that it was, and then this year there were some struggles, and, and he did – that does look like a turning point. I mean, Doug really Peterson, does. really, just like two or three weeks after the game logs, I remember him, Doug Peterson, saying how much Trevor had matured in two or three weeks since that game. And I thought it was, that's a funny way to put it for a 23 year old mm-hmm. guy that could have matured that much in, in two or three weeks. But hard to deny how well he has made decisions now. And somebody hit us up yesterday you know, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures on Twitter and said, Remember when we used to have red zone troubles at <laughs> LOL? Like, yeah. like I mean, this was a team that got down there, and, and in large part because of well, poor he execution. He yeah. was turning it was over, right? Over.
0: I mean, and look, uh, everybody wanted to see Trevor be, like, great first game that he ever played, and it it takes time, and, you know, I think part of the whole urban debacle slowed a little bit of that progress, but I also think that going through that, I think was a great experience for him, and I think sometimes when you go through something like that, it makes you appreciate for uh, where you're at and where your feet are at at that moment, and especially with this football team right now, you, know, you you talk to different guys and you listen to different guys, and you see how their reactions were and what they went through last year, I think makes them very appreciative of where they are right now as a, foot, as a football team, and, and probably none more so than Trevor Lawrence, you know, he comes in with uh, expecting to change the fortunes of a franchise and the pressure with that. And he handled it, and we said this many times, you could not have handled it any better. And the way he handled last year gave you the belief that he had a chance just because it takes a steely determination for a young player to fight through some of the learning process of playing that position because it's the hardest position to play in all of sports, and it takes time. And sometimes it takes hard lessons, and he went through it. And because of last year, I felt really strongly that, look, you've got the right guy just because he's so mature. And then when the game happened in London, I was like, you know, I think this is a key turning point. Is he going to, you know, come through Which way is he going to go? Or is he going to continue to fail? And, man, did he ever bounce back and, uh, you know, give him all the credit in the world because – it it's not easy to play that position with all the attention that's on it.
3: Well, looking back, Tone, uh, clearly there were times when Trevor seemed to, I mean, I say clearly, it, to the eye test, he let it affect him, right? You could see mm-hmm. the body language. And, and we talked about did it shake his confidence when he had – turnovers early in a football game, or would a late turnover, a big-time turnover, impact him down the road? Well, we saw the difference this week, right, with the fumble late. It's not an interception, but nevertheless, that's a potential game-losing play for you, and it was like he could not wait, obviously, for the chance to redeem himself, and I think the team had total confidence that he would.
4: Yeah, and I think, Jeff, we talk about you were discussing the maturity, right, here in the last few weeks and the way that it does seem like some kind of switch is flipped, for Trevor Lawrence and you're watching the team feed off that, right? Like it is. He has the fumble on Sunday and you can feel it when he's coming to the sideline. There was none of that. Okay. I'm down now. It, he came to the sideline. you could almost feel it coming from the sideline. Get me the ball. I'm going to go get points. And we're at least going to get this thing in overtime. I need it one more time. Right. And the defense went out there and picked him up. And well, I think Tony- that both sides are doing that for one another right now is not something we've seen in a long time here in Jackson.
0: Well, I think, part of that is that you know the team has a belief in him and so they feel confident hey look if we just do this you know we've got a guy that can really mm-hmm. can lead us and, and can guide us to a scoring drive here you know because Trevor did not do it all i mean if you no doubt. Yeah, you no go doubt. back and look at that game there were so many key moments you know and and give credit to some of the players that they brought in you know, you, you look at a Christian Kirk and a Zay Jones and an Evan Ingram. I mean, these guys are – these are practice, love practice guys, total pros, hardworking, and for a young quarterback, that's really what you need around them. You don't want to have the divas and the guys that think, hey, the guy's not getting me in the ball enough. And Trevor talked about that last week a little bit, about how great it is for him to not have one of those divas and feel like that he has to throw the ball to that guy – he literally is just working the offense, you know. But the the defense getting that stop there at the end of the game, getting a three and out. You know, I mean when when Trevor fumbled the ball, I mean how many people did you? I know mean, you guys were inside, right? I mean, people started turning. We, right, leave. we we, like, we heard that going? about that.
3: Like we we're sitting there and we're like, you know, for <laughs> the first time in a long time, we're like, okay, we're doing okay. Minute thirty eight, I think it was something like that. Yeah. Three timeouts and, da-da-da. yeah, we can get the ball back with a minute to go and and they help. The Jags out by throwing one out of bounds. Out of
0: bounds on third down.
3: Which might have been, honestly, the biggest play in the final two minutes of the whole thing, is saving them that timeout. I mean, there's so many big plays. Evan Ingram's effort to get out of bounds with the elbow.
0: And the play before, Jermichael Hasty getting out of bounds. Absolutely. You know, when you bring players in that are aware and are smart and work hard and practice hard, that's what you want to have for a young quarterback because the reps don't just happen in the games. The reps happen in practice. And when you have really good veteran players that love practice, that love ball, I mean, that's that's when you have a chance with a young quarterback.
3: So we shouldn't be surprised that Zay Jones didn't start a lateral drill on that last catch uh, <laughs> to set up the field goal is well, what and, you're saying.
0: And Zay, you know, look, Zay got you know a little bit of criticism. He had a couple weeks there where he didn't play well after that monster game that he had. Look, he was Man, he was hurting. You know, the chest injury was more, I think, than what he was willing to let, willing to let on about. And I think the team, you know, was probably didn't realize how serious mm-hmm. it was. But I mean, the guy's been a total pro. The double move play that he made—I think it was what fifty-nine yards—or got him going. That was the play that changed the momentum of the game, and then everything kind of steamrolled from there. But that play was an absolute thing of beauty.
3: All right. Well, uh, we we're just. Scratching the surface so far on a Check the Tape Tuesday here with Jeff Logman. You want to get in and uh, talk about your team, comment, questions, whatever you have. The Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day every Tuesday just asks you what are your questions for Jeff Logman, Jaguar related, as he's had time to assess the All-22 film and we'll give you uh, his thoughts on who played well and who didn't and uh, we'll get into a number of Jaguar storylines as we're only two days away from another Crucial game for them. All all these games crucial now down the stretch. Uh, So we'll get Logs' thoughts on how they match up with the New York Jets a little bit in the second hour of the program as well. But if you'd like to be a part of it today, 641-1010 on the phone lines or on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, or hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts, including your questions for Jeff, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, at Logs 56, and at IME e two the T. come on. Somebody. There we go. All right. We're off and rolling. Jaguars today. Hop on board on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: Trevor Drop. Looks. Fire. That ball's gonna be caught. Hitting the end zone. Touchdown. Zay Jones. A five-yard touchdown catch from Trevor Lawrence. Jeff Loggaman Tuesday on Jaguars Today is brought to you by Famous Automotive Tire and Quick Lube. Servicing every customer like they're famous on 1010XL. All right, here we go. Check the tape Tuesday. Would you look at what
3: four wins in six weeks does? It makes people come out of the woodwork that we haven't heard from in a while. I got a stack of social media and text line questions for logs, but... We'll prioritize the phone calls at least here in the first hour of the program. If you want to get on board, you can do it at six four one ten ten on the phones or on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, or tweet us up at any of those Twitter handles, and we'll pass those along to Logs and uh, see what he thinks. Logs, uh, let's start with this one before we get to the phones. Cam Robinson done for the year. Um, how big? How big of a? What did you see from Walker Little? I guess, and how concerned are you? Let's say, provided Juwan Taylor can go. Walker Little in at left tackle for the rest of the way. What, what's the drop-off?
0: Well, let's start uh, just real quick with Cam. I, I thought Cam was having his best season as a pro yet, especially in pass protection. He had made major, major strides. In he, that was
3: his play justifying the contract, in your opinion? That they gave him? Okay.
0: Absolutely. And I would like to have seen him do better in, in the running game because that really was what he was best at. Up until this year, that's why you heard me in years past say, man, I think he'd be a great right tackle because he was just so powerful in a run game. That kind of fell off a little bit this year, but his pass protection under the tutelage of offensive line coach Phil Rauscher just literally went way up, and credit to him. Uh, So it's going to be a big loss. It's going to be a big loss twofold. One, you're losing a guy that's uh, right in rhythm with the game. He is, I think, a leader on the offensive line with Brandon Sheriff. And uh, now you're going to have a guy inserted into the lineup that's had very little action, very little reps, and, uh, and then you also lose a swing guy. So your potential backup, in case you do have an injury with Jawan or if something happens to him, you really don't have any true tackles left on your roster. When I say true tackles, guys that play tackle, compete to play tackle, now it's kind of journeyman. I think the next guy up right on the active roster right now would be a Blake Hans. Um, How did Walker Little do this past game? Some good, some bad. I thought it was a real solid job considering he's going against two of the, I think, really good players in the league as far as the edge players Mm -hmm. and Michael Parsons Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, two really, really good players. And then on top of that, he had to play right tackle and then all of a sudden be moved back Mm to left tackle right in the middle of the game. I mean, that's not an easy ask. So, uh, I thought he did a really good job considering what he was asked to do in that ball game. I, I thought
3: collectively. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence may not have even gotten on the plane for all I know. Uh, you know, he was.
0: Just... Well, Juwan's jo- 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 pass protection has been just phenomenal. I mean, he's one of the best pass-protecting right tackles in the league. You know, the problem with Joanne is his run blocking is not great. Mm-hmm. and And that's. You know, for right tackle, that's kind of what you want to have, sure. you know, a little guy that can move little bodies. And but
3: on a Trevor Lawrence-centric team, if I, the, you know what, yeah. the, I, I'd rather, him, yeah, I'm, I'm you with know you, what, Mike. let's protect that guy. I'm with you. Um, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. Parsons had the one sack,
0: but including that sack. Parsons' sack was over Brandon Sheriff, by the way.
3: Okay. Who a, was struggling
0: but gutting it out. Yeah, I mean, he's he's you know was on the injury report with an abdomen, and if you watched the game and you watched him closely, which I was because I knew going in, he was kind of a question mark. Any time that he tried to use the, the power, the core becomes involved, and that's where his injury was at in the abdomen. and he was struggling literally to stand up straight mm. at times in a ball game, and you could see him kind of hunch over a little bit going back to the huddle. and mean he gutted it out. Give him credit.
3: Well, Parsons and uh, Lawrence combined for three tackles in the game, including that sack so it's impressive. That was uh, a hell of a job there. All right, let's get out to it. six four one, 10 10. Let's go with some energy right off the top tone. Uh, Byron in Gainesville, welcome to Jaguars today. Byron, how are you?
2: (laughs) Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Before I put that energy out there, man, uh, I'm so excited. ET almost had to wake me up. So, guys, first of all, I want to say, you know, happy holidays to you guys. I consider y'all like family. So, to my Jags family up in Jacksonville there, I'm from the Duval-Gainesville area, so you know, happy holidays! I love you guys and be safe. And here I go. Do Doom!
3: Do love. Love. All right, Byron. We love you too, buddy. Um, any commentary? Any questions? You just want to yeah, spread the holiday I wanna, cheer? I <laughs> say this to
2: Jeff and you guys. I think I called you a few weeks ago when we were getting real bad on the defense. And uh, as fans, we do that sometimes. And I was wondering about the zone using basketball as a analogy I tried to say we should go to man now, I don't know nothing about football Jeff so I can't tell if they're playing zone or not but they, they've they been playing real good at the end so just help the layman fan out like me and tell me are they playing more man why did Trey Herndon maybe get burnt more and did they go back smooth or somebody broke up a pass so that looked like zone but tell me are they playing zone and better? Are be they going to man? Thank you, guys. Thank you, Byron. Thank you
3: Go Jags! Go Jags, and we'll talk to you. If we don't talk to you, we'll talk to you next week, and, I'm sure. And
0: Merry Christmas, Byron. Likewise. I, it's a great question. The, the Jaguars have made a noticeable shift over the last couple of weeks to where they're playing more zone. That's why we've seen Trey Herndon on the field and active after two games that he was inactive. And – They have improved some of the things that they have done defensively, although it's marginal. I mean, it's not like it's been this massive improvement. And this past game against the Cowboys, they started out wanting to play a little bit more man just because you wanted to try to bring an extra guy up into the box to stop Pollard and Elliott, the two running backs that were kind of controlling the tempo of the ball game earlier in the game. And that's one of the reasons why Trey Herndon got beat in two situations in man coverage where I think one was like a 22 and another one – was like a 30-yard pass to C.D. Lamb. And that's sometimes when you line up, it's to C.D. Lamb, they put him in the slot. If you're not going to match, then uh, you're going to have to be able to have a Trey Herndon against him. And, and the reason, well, some people may ask, well, why in the hell would you want to have Trey Herndon against C.D. Lamb when you know you're going to play man? Well, if you line up and you play Darius Williams on C.D. Lamb in the slot, then that's a tell. you know. So, in other words, When Dak Prescott gets under center, he knows the Jaguars are playing man. You know, so sometimes you want to be able to line up without giving the tell or giving the opponent the exact coverage that you're playing because you're flopping personnel in and out from nickel to outside corner and such. And so, uh, look, uh, Trey struggled uh, on a couple of those plays, but Trey also has been really good in some other instances. Did man, they change it He was right up? there
4: on that last play. Yeah, you, he the, was right there on that on the, the pick interception. Man cover- yeah, man coverage.
0: Yeah. I mean, he didn't interfere with the ball. I thought maybe he did yeah. at the end of the ball game, but he did not get a hand on it. That was just a a drop by Noah Brown. I think it was Noah Brown eighty mm-hmm. five that uh, went right through his hands, and it was a good throw by Dak Prescott there on the pick six.
3: Yeah. Did they um? Did they mix it up? Like what? Did mixed they mix cha- it up in, in the second the game, half? They
0: mixed it up. They yeah, did more the game. They mixed it up, and then. When in the first half they were trying to play a lot of that zone, mm-hmm. and then when the yeah, tempo CD was, was getting like controlled. waving at Dak,
3: like look, like right, right, this, right. I got him again, and
0: yeah. you know, so so later in the game, you know, they they tried to play a little bit more man, you know, and look, the defense still, the reality is they're still trying to find their footing a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but they've been opportunistic, you know, look, you got the two interceptions. And uh, at key moments, you have risen up and made some really big plays, like the third and one play where they, some for some reason, tried to one, run a college option with Dak Prescott. And and ends up making a great read because he's the only guy that could have made that tackle when mm-hmm. Dak pr- uh, pitched it. There was nobody else there to make a play. And so he makes a great play there. Uh, obviously, the interceptions that – Rayshon makes in the ball game were tremendous plays, and you know you had the other guys rise up and make some plays too, and that's what you got to have. And and overall, you want to see the improvement, you know, and for them overall to get better. But again, if you can be opportunistic and you've got an offense that can score some points, you know, you still got a chance.
4: I feel like Darius Williams has been better now that he's been allowed to play on the outside as opposed to play in the slot here in the last couple been okay. of weeks. And have you heard anything about Shaq Griffin? Can we expect to see him at all? Heard nothing on him. Heard
0: nothing on him, and and I I don't know where that's at. I mean, they just you know when you activate uh, your guy off of the practice squad this week because they released the safety. Mm -hmm. When you when you do that, and I got it on my board here. Make sure I get my names right here. They released. Uh, and he was Tyree Gillespie, who was a safety, and ended up signing Gregory Jr., who was their six-round pick, right. Washita Baptist. You know, that would tell me that maybe either somebody was wanting to sign Gregory Jr. to their active roster, because a lot of times teams will try to pluck other teams' practice squad at the mm-hmm. end of the year when they're out of it and they know it. And so maybe that was a thing. Hey, look, we need to make sure that we keep that guy. Or that could be an indicator that, hey, look, Shaq Griffin's not going to be ready to go. All right. Uh, let's get
3: another call in here before the break. Uh, Dom in Atlanta next up here on Jaguars Today. Good morning, Dom.
5: Oh, what's up, Mike? What's, what's going up? on with you, bro? How are you? I'm good, bro. By the grace of God, I'm hanging on. What's going on? MST, you straight? You healthy? I'm all good, man. What's up? I'm cooling. How you doing? How you doing, Jeff? You all right,
0: man? Fantastic.
5: Yeah, Sersky. All right. Oh, real quick, EC, bro. Shout out to you, bro. That open, I didn't tell you earlier, that open was fire, bro. Yeah. That open was big. You know what I'm saying? All right, but boom, because I ain't going to waste y'all time. Y'all know that. I ain't going to (laughs) lie. He kind of stole my thunder with my question a little bit, because it also was about Trey Herndon. But, like, with this loss, I feel like we would have lost this game. We would have had the same conversation about Trey that the Cowboys had about Kelvin Joseph a little bit. But that's neither here nor there. My new question is actually about ETN. I'm not going to lie. The man be taking some crazy hits. And I want to know, like, is he just not knowing how to get hit as a running back in the NFL yet? Or, like, do you feel like he just not holding on to the ball the right way? Because I ain't counting yesterday because I still feel like that was a little bit of a butt fumble. But still, bro be dropping the ball a little bit at the wrong times. And when he get hit, like, he get ish so I'm trying to figure out like I love Traffic Jones, you know and I don't want him to get hurt, but still at the same time, I'm happy he's getting back up from these hits, but what can he do? You know what I'm saying, to make sure that he still have a longer career but also keep the running game I guess as fluid as we trying to make it throughout the season. And y'all know I love y'all a lot, how I let
3: y'all live. All right. Merry Christmas, uh, Dom. Thank you for the call.
0: It's a it's a great question, Dom, and it's I think it's the the number of hits that ETN takes is would give me if if I'm the general manager if I'm Trent Baalke it would give me uh, cause for concern that in the future I'm going to draft a running back because I don't know how long this guy is going to stay healthy for because ETN takes a ton of shots.
3: Hopefully they'll draft one that they feel is worthy of getting a snap. Like because they did draft one this year. Well,
0: Connor got a couple snaps. He's game. had a couple
3: snaps. Yes, in in all the games that they played so far he's got a handful.
0: But so. but you know th- the hard part about some of the great backs that that I ever went against like Emmett and Barry and and obviously those are the elite the best of the best is and then but you know Eric Dickerson and Christian Okoye was a little bit different, but all the great running backs, Fred Taylor, they never allowed a lot of square hits. Right, not a not a guy
3: etn size, right? Yeah, yeah. Christian Okoye is a different category. Yeah,
0: they would always have kind of that subtle movement to ele- to never allow a defender to have a position of power or strength. Getting small, and that's that's really I think what makes running backs special, and. Travis right now sometimes, and, and I don't know if this is because it's his first year and he's not calming down and he's not kind of breathing. It almost feels like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. You know, and so he's 100 miles an hour with everything he does. And, and, and sometimes that really works, you know, as far as, you know, there's a small crease that's open for an instance in the hole and he hits it and then he's through it before you know it. That's fantastic. But there's also times that you'd like to see him, slow down a little bit and become a little bit more of a patient runner once he gets into open space, you know, and use the changes of speed and the Fred Taylor dead leg, which I refer to and that guys do to change the tempo, to settle a defender's feet, to give him a little shake. And that's something that he really hasn't shown a lot of yet. Now, will he show that? I hope he does. But right now he's taking some shots. He's putting the ball on the carpet a little bit, too, which is a little concerning, so I think in the future you would definitely say, "Hey, look, you know, we need to get a, a, another back to to take a little pressure off him." Not not that I'm dissatisfied with Jamichael Hasty in, in any any way, shape, or form, but it would be nice to have another one to roll in there a little bit more with ETN.
3: All right, let's get uh, Scott in Riverside quickly up here on Jaguars today. Good morning, Scott.
2: Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's up? Uh, I feel like there's been a ton of multiple possession comebacks in the league this year, and fortunate the Jags are on the right side of a few of them. Uh, But, Jeff, I wonder if you have any thoughts on why that is, or does it just seem like more than usual, or is running the ball and eating the clock a lost art, or, you know, what's going on
4: with that?
0: Well, I think, yeah, I think well, number one is that it's become a passing league, and so.
4: Teams are built to do that. that
0: that's exactly what teams do. I mean, teams. I was actually, and here's an indicator. You know, I was looking at the Jets snap count playlist to see kind of what, what personnel have they been playing a lot on defense, and obviously that has a little something to do with what the opponent does. But their nickelback, the Jets' nickelback, had, I think, 65, 70% of the defensive snaps for the Jets. And that's kind of become typical for a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, teams are playing three wide receivers. Look at the Jaguars' primary personnel. It's three wide receivers. It's, uh, it's throwing the ball around. It's, uh, and so I think that's one of the reasons why. I think the quarterback play has gotten marketably better across the league. I mean, shoot, when you look at the number of skill position players, the number of big-time wide receivers, the guys that can impact a game, it's much different, I think, than it was 10, 15 years ago, certainly 20 years ago, and the quarterback ratings have gone through the roof. And the number of of defensive uh, penalties that get called because things are favoring the offense, I think all of that factors in and is one of the reasons why we're seeing some of these games like we saw especially like that Detroit-Minnesota, or excuse me, the, uh, the Colts-Minnesota game, which was just crazy this past weekend, for Minnesota to come back down by 33 at the half, the longest comeback in NFL history, or the furthest that anybody ever came back from a deficit in league history. I mean, that was crazy. No
3: doubt. Uh, first time we've had three 17-point comebacks in the same weekend in the NFL as well. So Jags and Cincinnati joining the Vikings there. six four one ten ten. 10. if you want to be a part of the conversation, that's the easiest way to do it. Jeff Loggeman's here, Fat Tony, ET, Mike Dempsey. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL, 92.5 FM.
6: Dropping a throw against a four-man rush. He's going to have to scramble out of it. The Jaguars are going to hit him if you let it go.
1: That ball is intercepted. It's picked off in the secondary. Sean Jenkins is going to run it back. He got it back to the 20-yard line for the Jaguars. Jeff Loggeman Tuesday is serviced by Famous Automotive Tire and Quick Lube, servicing every customer like they're famous on 1010XL. Uh, fully expecting Rayshon Jenkins to be named AFC Defensive Player of the Week
3: tomorrow when mm-hmm. those awards are announced. I think Trevor Lawrence and Zay Jones have to be in consideration At for least the offensive in player. Yeah. Right. I mean, it uh, doesn't mean they'll necessarily win it. I've heard that, you know, the discussion too. Would Trevor Lawrence get a an MVP vote? It's they've changed the voting, right? It used to be one man one vote, and you voted for one name, and that's what people would always say. Russell Wilson's never gotten an MVP vote. Well, he might have gotten five thousand second place votes had they done that. Now I, I don't know. If, I think it's a five tiered vote now. To is it five? Okay, so you go f- top five. It's conceivable yeah. if the Jags went out that Trevor Lawrence could appear on somebody's top five could. ballot and get a yeah. few, you know, MVP uh, points, not could. like first-place
0: votes or right. anything like that. Um, yeah. It's c- just kind of cool that uh, it's I even a possibility, right? he's great. I mean, look, he's uh, arguably the hottest quarterback in the league right now. Like, I, I think I, I don't
3: even know if it's arguable, right, in terms of the hottest right now. I'm not saying he's the best. Yeah. But over the last six weeks, man, I mean, those numbers stack up with everybody very well. So – Regardless, um, great stuff going on. E I see you you okay in there, man? You limp it around, you, you give one for the team this weekend? Man, I celebrated a little too hard, man. What happened? You jump up when we got the pick six and you-
2: Yeah, after we scored the touchdown, man. I went crazy in the Bud Zone, me and all of the little faithful Jaguar fans that stayed and watched that beautiful victory. I'm
3: glad you saw it in the Bud Zone and not the parking lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, oh yeah, I saw it. I definitely saw it in the Bud Zone. I had a good view, but as I was jumping up and down and and, and, and excitement, I, I landed on somebody's foot, and uh
0: yeah, but, so the, but, but zone didn't have anything to do with that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, 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 just yeah. an accident, just so the excitement, excitement of the game. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was.
3: So I've been meaning to get around to act to asking you this would you What's like up? some of that smoke or should we should we be racing is today the day we race out that, in the street
2: that's great well because of the weather out there i want to oh. make sure i can take you down when, it, when there's no weather it. so i don't slip or fall or well
3: i want to make sure you're injured when we race because so. <laughs> you got me <laughs> today, got, boy. that's the only time i got a prayer you'll still probably beat me oh, it'll man. just be closer than oh, it otherwise would know. have been i don't know Man, you spend a week in this body and then <laughs> you might be more confident all right uh logs uh, people asking about Devin Lloyd. It seemed to me just a bad luck circumstance, right? The way Dak kind of raised his arm up over Devin Lloyd when Devin Lloyd had his arms around him. He had a sack. Yeah. And then he let him go. Today's NFL, man, that ball gets out of there. You're risking a big penalty and, and giving him a new set of downs. So, is that what ha- did Devon Lloyd just get caught in a bad luck kind of moment there?
0: Yeah, he just thought the ball was gone and I'm sure that uh the couple instances in earlier in the year where Trayvon Walker was roughing the quarterback and mm-hmm. some of the preachings that they probably got. Lewis had one staff, too, yeah. yeah, one yeah had one, yep. That those things happen nowadays. I mean that's It's just the way the league is, you know, they're protecting quarterbacks and you're getting, and I saw a video somewhere and I can't remember what it was. And it was somebody that had a spoof and said the proper way to take down a quarterback. And it was a girl, you know, he's like simulate this girl, his wife or whatever was passing the ball and and he goes up to her and he takes the ball out of her hand and then scoops her up like he's going to carry her across the threshold (laughs) of marriage and then. Gently lasered down to the ground, and I was sitting there going, "You know what? Yeah. It kind of feels that Getting way close. sometimes in the league." You that know? Nick
3: Bosa sack last Thursday—I don't know if oh you remember gosh. it from Thursday Night Football—he he he tackles Geno Smith right into another defender. They're still standing, and then he just tackles him to
4: the ground. It's not like he
0: drove him mm-hmm. into the ground. Unbelievable! Yeah. I mean, just it's a far cry than what it used to be back in. <laughs> In my day. But, I'm telling you, uh, they
4: show those old games on NFL Network. They'll show games from, like, the 80s and 90s, and you're watching it going, holy guys!" Cow. We destroyed. literally –
0: I mean, seriously, we, we had – we actually – the coaches would tell us, you know, and we would talk about how we could intentionally injure the quarterback by taking him down certain ways. Mm-hmm. The fold and tuck and bury. The uh, the
3: fold and tuck and bury. Yeah. I love it. That's the yeah, first we, I've heard that.
0: Though. We would literally – Hit him first of all as hard as you possibly could, and then you would wrap him, squeeze him in, lift up, fold him down, and try to bury him into the ground. and, and the whole pr- the whole objective was to try to to get him to land with both shoulders perpendicular to the ground, mm. so that you could cause damage to one of the shoulders mm. or both. And that's you know that's the way we played. You know, I mean, we would try to take every shot that we could. We would aim. For ribs, we would aim. You know, we didn't take shots to the head intentionally. At least I didn't. Maybe there was other guys, but yeah, I mean, we—that's the way the game was played. I mean, that's the, what the rule book allowed, and that's vastly changed nowadays.
3: All right, that play aside, Devin Lloyd played 91 percent of the defensive snaps. Chad Muma played 15. Are we switch? Is Lloyd back now? In- no.
0: No, this is. A, I think this is more of a Chad Muma still getting better from the kay. ankle thing. And uh, Chad was on some special teams, and I and you could tell that you know Chad rolled in on some defensive snaps, and and you could just tell that it, his ankle didn't allow him to play with power. And so, uh, will this end up switching back to where Chad Muma takes the you know the snaps? I don't know. I think it all depends on how Devin Lloyd plays. It well, how did he play? On, on how Chad's you? ankle is. I thought he played okay. I mean, uh, it's, he's still not – he's still at times unsure, and that slows him down a little bit. But there's no mistaking his athleticism. And when he blitzes, when they send him, I mean, he's gifted. And that's something that Chad Mumma will never be as good at, and, and being that guy that can come off of, you know, be the fifth guy in a blitz or – or be the fourth guy in a zone dog where they're dropping a defensive tackle. You guys might remember Devon Hamilton got a pass defense in the ball game. That was on a zone dog where they dropped him yeah. from the nose tackle position. And you guys remember me talking about that a couple of weeks ago when I was going, why don't they put their hands down on the ground and let them rush the passer? You know, And I was like, you know, like well, a lot of times they like to keep them in a two-point because they can drop certain guys. I'm like, they, you know, they drop guys in a three-point all the time. And they dropped Devon Hamilton from a three point. So uh, it's good to see, though, the last two weeks that defensively they're putting the hands in the ground, and allowing these guys to go get after the
4: passer. What do you think the plan will be this week going up against this Jets team defensively? Given we've seen the Jaguars at times play basically three linebackers on the field, right? Playing Wingard as essentially a, a linebacker a couple of weeks ago against Tennessee. They've done that kind of thing at times. Do you think if Muma is healthy enough to do it that they would? keep Muma and Lloyd on the field together and allow Lloyd to be a pass rusher maybe from that kind of position more often
0: yeah that's kind of a package thing um you've got to have you know 22 personnel and to to let people know what that is that's two backs two tight ends yeah and then you remaining guys a wide receiver or if it's 13 personnel one back three tight ends one wide receiver that those are the the personnel groupings on offense that you can have that three linebacker package out there with Muma Lloyd and Lucan. And you're not going to play that package if you're facing a three wide receiver set by the opponent. Sure. So I think it all depends on personnel groupings of the opponent. You know, when you face Tennessee or you face the Texans, they like a lot of tight end stuff just because they're trying to play close to the vest games. So you can see that package. When you start seeing some of the more dynamic offenses in the league, you're not going to see as much of that, and there's not going to be as much of a chance for that three-linebacker grouping.
3: Uh, By the way, Zonovan Bam Knight has basically taken over the lead role in the Jets' backfield since Brees Hall went down um, and did not appear on the injury report yesterday. The simulated injury report estimated, uh, even though he was limping around with an ankle issue this weekend, uh, You know, James Robinson's going to be ticked if he is inactive on <laughs> Thursday night. Might on be. He might, well, he's been. I mean, that's what he's been a healthy scratch. Yeah,
0: he's so, been last, last in the pecking, or they, you know, on the depth chart, they have him in at the very end.
3: Right. And, and which also makes sense that, you know, if he picks up, I think it's another 185 yards he needs uh, over the remainder of the season, which would upgrade that pick from a sixth to a fifth. And at this point in the season, if Bam Knight is serviceable. Why give away a higher draft pick? I'm sure that's part of the equation as well.
0: Absolutely. That's that's what you call a business decision.
3: Uh, No doubt. Uh, Let's go to Darren in Mandarin next here on Jaguars Today. Good morning, Darren.
6: Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Merry Christmas to you all. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to the coaching staff. I feel like um, they are really uh, taking these players and utilizing them and putting them in the right places. Uh, I'm not sure if it was on Trevor's pick, one pick that he had, but I, and this is about the coaching staff, not Trevor. On this, but I remember seeing Ingram running wide open across the middle of the field over to the left corner. I can't remember which play that was, but but this coaching staff, uh, Doug Peterson, uh, just did an amazing job coaching. And he's and we've said this for years. Why can't we have players running wide open? And we're seeing that. And Trevor is is ascending. Uh, and 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 last but not least is uh, uh Rex Ryan, get them chiclets out of your mouth and leave the Jaguars alone. Uh, this is not about Dak Cap, uh, Prescott and the Cowboys descending, but it's about Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars ascending. And you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week, guys.
3: All right. Thank you, Darren. I'm not really worried about what Rex Ryan or any of those guys have to say, quite frankly. We know what's going on.
0: <laughs> uh, it's, it's all good. Look, uh, what he talks about, about the job that the coaching staff is doing, is really dead on. I mean, it's – you guys have heard me come in every week and I'm sitting there going, I'm watching the film and I'm mm-hmm. seeing things that I've never seen before here. And that's going all the way back even to the Coughlin era to where you have guys that are running wide open. They're, they're, they're scheming them open. And they've got a lot of bright minds on offense. And they've got a lot of contributions from a lot of people on that offense. You know, and Doug Peterson's the leader of the band. And that's – it's a lot of fun to watch every week, and for a quarterback, I mean, I don't know if Trevor realizes how fortunate he is, is to have all of those minds working together to allow the, the brain power to come up with, with different kind of formulas to beat teams, and that's been fun to watch, and even when they've had games where they haven't won, and earlier on, when Trevor was still kind of struggling a little bit, the, the guys were open. I mean, you could see them open. Trevor just was still trying to kind of figure things out. And now that you've got a quarterback that feels like he's in the groove and you've got a, a scheme that's getting guys open, man, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, and give credit to Doug. I mean, this football team has, like you talked about, Mike, coming back from 17 multiple times in a season, mm-hmm. being able to uh, stay steady when in past years, you know, bags would have been packed, man. Guys would have been making plans for – January, but this this team really never did that, and in every game that they lost, what was it six one, one possession losses, and you come back the next week and they would fight again, and that's been impressive to watch, and you know the steadiness of Doug Peterson obviously contrasts starkly from, from what it was last year, and uh, and he deserves a lot of the credit, you know, and and look the Jaguars organization, you know, general manager, head coach, coaching staff. They deserve some credit because when you try to change the culture, you also have to be able to bring in the kind of guys that can help you do that. And we're seeing from some of these free agent acquisitions and from some of these draft picks, look, I mean, they may not be all playing to the level that we'd like to see them at, but the great thing about it is these guys work hard. They love ball. They come to work every day. They come to play every weekend. And that's the that's the most you can ask of any players.
3: All right, let's step aside here halfway home with Jeff Logman on a Check the Tape Tuesday. We'll take more of your questions coming up at six four one ten ten 1010 on uh, the phone lines, text line, and, of course, all your social media questions coming in. A lot of people were asking about that, about the creative play calling. So we're going to let that answer uh, stand as uh, cover for all of those. Coming up, uh, more of your questions for Jeff Logman, On a Check the Tape Tuesday, this is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: Check the Tape Tuesday with Jeff Lagerman. Brought to you by Famous Automotive Tire and Quick Lube. Servicing every customer like they're famous on 1010XL.
3: And by the way, we all pass along very happy birthday greetings to uh, Taylor Dahl, the reigning breakfast bowl champion, by the way. Although not defending her crown this year, perhaps she'll jump back in in a future season, uh, Tony Smith will be buying breakfast, E. How do you feel mm-hmm. about that this week? Hunger, strike, Starks, now. Now. <laughs> uh, and I told Tony and you before the show, for some reason, I thought Tony had Aaron Jones instead of Aaron Rodgers last night. So I'm like, I lost. Damn it. And then Tony tweets out that he lost, and I, I was very confused until I – I figured things out. I wish
4: I had known that. I could have conned it. Well, but then I would have
3: looked because I did look on your list and I saw you had already used Aaron Jones and I got excited. Maybe that's why I didn't lose. But, E.T., how many guys do you have in your lineup this week? Four guys. Four Four guys. I had four as well. I decided to play without a quarterback. This week, I just thought I'd... That angle out, as gangster. Yeah, I thought I'd throw down, like, there. I Once we uh, we did this uh, French toast eating contest when I was in high school and to taunt each other, we'd eat crackers in between, like... A
0: French toast eating oh, contest? great. I want to be a part Wendy's, of, of that. L- listen, so, Wendy's so had... the winner eat the most?
3: Yes, of course, right? And Wendy's French had toast. 99 cent all-you-could-eat French toast for breakfast back Jeez. then, right? And what you got, they they give you a little tray with two slices of bread, each cut in half. So it's like two pieces of bread, four halves, right, or diagonally cut, and I ended up eating 40 or 10, 10 plates of that.
0: <laughs> oh so it's like
3: basically 40? a loaf of bread dipped in egg, oh you know, is what I ate. I ate four, but 40 half pieces, so 20 Pieces did of did French you put shows.
0: anything on it, like syrup or no, butter? No, or?
3: a little, may, maybe a little butter to make it good. I'm not a syrup. I don't like syrup.
4: Syrup on all of that would have been nuts. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but but we talk. You know, we get late in the stage, and we'd be like at piece 32, and we'd be like eat a cracker and just like flex
0: so mike other. so the uh the competitive eaters after they eat what do they do, do they did you throw up did uh, you- no
3: i uh <laughs> i i probably went to school because we were skipping class that mm-hmm.
4: morning so i'm mm-hmm. guessing
3: i showed up for third period or something have you like you
4: tried that. they brought back the french toast sticks Ooh. at wendy's i don't Ooh. Uh, it sounds like you haven't tried them since they i brought haven't them back. Yeah,
3: i, I would like to
0: try it thursday morning i'm just saying
3: that wouldn't be bad e. i can have like a, a heaping plate <laughs> full of those
0: wouldn't <laughs> be saying. bad right Somebody, you know? somebody should be bringing in like Waffle House, like the All Star Special. That's like this guy's money. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm
3: not opposed to that either. On the you know, you get morning. off easy because D Rock's going to be in New York. in right?
4: the ID. Yo, nope, my name hadn't changed to somebody yet. Mm, no. Dang it! <laughs> All right,
3: let's go to the phones uh, and uh, Breakfast Bowl. Uh, in the books. Uh, we'll, later in the week, we'll congratulate all the people. There's a lot of inter-show uh, matchups in the Jaguars today fantasy mm. leagues. By the way, I play u Yep. You play E.T. Yep. E.T. plays D. Rock in another one. So you know that's like half of the the matchups that we have yeah. left. Uh, I got knocked out in one of them this week. I I faced the Cousins to Jefferson hookup.
4: I survived Didn't go the well. Taylor dropping out this mm. week to win the one I won. I
3: know, and that's the one where I get to play you this yeah. week. So I was looking at that Jordan Mason in that lineup right now. Uh-huh. I'm not upset. All right, let's go to uh, Rich on the south side next on Jaguars today. Good morning, Rich. Hey, good morning, fellas. What's going on? What's up, Rich? Man, not much, man. In a good mood. You already
7: know Super Bowl or Buzz, baby. I already know. We all know, we baby. Let's go. go, to the go.
1: Super Bowl.
7: Come on. <laughs> Hey, I just want to make a couple comments. I wanted to uh, mention Rayshon Jenkins, man, 727 St. Petersburg representative. Man, coming off that broken ankle, we got to start mentioning him as comeback player of the year. Uh, of course, Trevor, I agree with you guys on the MVP talk. You know, I was at the the Baltimore game, and I was close enough to where I looked Robinson Harrison in the eye, and I said, man, let's go. And, you know, like when somebody just give you that confidence, like, hey, we got this. And he told me, he said, man, we just need y'all to be loud. And I think we so used to as fans, we don't have this horrible past and this losing. But it's a different team, man, a different regime. And I think we need to turn the page to his fans and start supporting these guys and giving them all the confidence they need. You know what I mean? Because I feel like they already have it. But once we start getting behind them and doing that, man, the sky could be the limit, man. Russell Wilson did it. Roethlisberger, I mean, well, not Roethlisberger, but Joe Burrow went his second, third year. Why not us? Why we not? overdue. Why not? Why not,
3: man? Let's Come go. On, Rich. Go Jack,
7: baby. Duval. Let's go. Uh,
3: let's talk about Rayshon Jenkins here a little bit. Duval. Let's had to respond to Rich here. Mm-hmm. Um, Rayshon, I mean, again, the nine tackles, uh, nine solos, nine assists, two interceptions, including <laughs> a pick six. I mean, uh, arguably the greatest defensive game, single game, yeah. by any player in Jaguars history.
0: Yeah, the – I remember going back to the Kansas City game, you know, every week I do something in the film room with a coach, which is awesome. I learn so much when I talk to those guys when I do it. But then the other thing that I do is something for Jaguar social media, for Twitter, Instagram, all the different things. And I always pick something out on film. And after that Kansas City game, I, after watching film for all of these games, I had to show Rashawn Jenkins. Because, and my point was, and what I said at the end, is that I would play with this dog any day of the week the guy plays heart, he plays physical, he plays with energy, he comes to play every week and his energy is contagious. You know, last year at the beginning of the year when you know everybody was kind of full of hope, you know, he was a new guy and people kind of gravitated towards him. And then the energy kind of got sucked out of everybody last year, but this year, you know, you could tell that he was working his way back, kind of had to prove himself. And he didn't have as much energy at the beginning of the year, probably because, you know, so much energy was sucked out of him last year. But then as the year kind of went on, you could see that that energy returned. And that was really good to see. And I I think that he is one of those guys that kind of sets that energy with Foyer, Lewkin, up front. You know, and it's always good when you can have, what I say, three levels of energy. You know, somebody that's up front in the front-line group, and I still think they're trying to find that guy. And then Foyer, I think, delivers that from the linebacking room. And I think Rayshon consistently delivers that in the back end, and that's good to have.
3: Um, Logs, he was asked, what do you attribute the improved play to? Coaching, right? Just, that's yeah,
0: like, cut the guy off. Cut the question off almost yeah. before the question was right, even coaching, asked. Coaching. Right. Um, He's dead on.
3: You know, is there something specifically for him? Like we've talked about. Other guys that have improved, like the offensive line, you've really highlighted how they've improved directly through coaching. Is there something that they're doing differently with Ray that, that, I mean, he's clearly had one of the most improved years of any Jaguar this season. And so is, how is that directly impacting the secondary and what are you seeing the results of that?
0: Well, I- I think he was really referring to something more big picture, okay. just, just team-wise, you know, the coaching of the team, the consistency, the calmness, and that's very easy to point out. And I think that Mike Caldwell, the defensive coordinator, is still trying to to learn on the job. And, and look, he was gunnered some criticism, especially after the Detroit game. But I think Mike Caldwell even has a little bit of steadiness, calmness about him that's very impressive. You know, when you watch him and listen to him – he never overreacts, and that's so important to have because, you know, it's a long football season, and guys are pros. You know, you don't need to have somebody that's yelling and screaming and, and getting crazy, and I think that that's, you know, not to criticize anybody that's been in the past defensive coordinator because, uh, you know, the previous defensive coordinator, I liked Joe. I mean, he was a good good coach, but he was a little different kind of technique, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I think what Rayshon was referring to was more of a big-picture thing from Doug and and, uh, look, guys have bought in on Doug, as they should, because Doug's a good football coach, and, and Doug treats him right, and, and he's, he's right, and he's honest, and he's got the backing of a resume that has been taken to the mountaintop.
3: Right. I mean, he knows how to get there, right? So uh, why wouldn't you trust him? And then when he shows up and he's consistent, I know, you know, yourself and every player tells you that's maybe the number one thing. I'd want a coach that's going to tell me the truth and be consistent day in day out, and I know the the guy I'm going to get when he walks in the
0: door. Um, you know, we we talk with Doug every week. You know, before the show, the Doug Peterson show, and then during the Doug Peterson show, and he's as consistent uh, as you could ever ask for, and that's all you ask for as as a player. All right, let's get uh, one more
3: in on this side, and that's Steven Melbourne. Next up here on Jaguars today. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, guys,
2: and have a good Christmas. Um. Longs, I just wanted to get your thoughts with the secondary. I mean, clearly Dallas, you know, picked on Trey Herndon the, pretty much the entire game. Uh, but I mean, you see uh, examples of certain games, like Pat Mahomes stayed away from Tyson Campbell, Dak stayed away from Tyson Campbell, and Andre
4: Sisco. And but I
0: well, let, let me let me just jump in. I know we kind of lost him there, yeah. and uh, appreciate the question, Stephen. They didn't always pick on Trey Herndon. I mean, there were other players and and weaknesses of the defense that they attacked at. You know, for example, the out-and-up that Josh Allen was having to cover a tight end going all the way down the field, it was his own coverage. And when your shallow guy runs an out-and-up as a linebacker in the flat, you've got to be able to carry that. And that's a difficult thing to ask. And, look, Dallas attacked it. They actually tried to do it twice. The one time they got a linebacker in the flat, the other one they got a defensive back in the flat – and Cisco did a phenomenal job of leaning that direction and actually hitting Pollard because it was Pollard on the Cowboy sideline. You guys might remember yeah. Cisco crushed him. Yep. I mean, crushed him. That was a great play by Cisco. So it wasn't just picking on Trey Herndon. Look, Trey has some shortcomings, but let me just say this about Trey Herndon. Dude comes to play every week. He's an outstanding zone player, and he's a great tackler. So there are some real positives to Trey Herndon that you love to have when he's on the field.
4: The, this coming from Adam Schefter moments ago, the Jets have ruled out Mike White for Thursday night. Due to the rib injury, Zach Wilson will see him against Trevor Lawrence. On Bring Thursday. it. Number yeah. one
0: versus number two. Yeah.
3: I personally think Quentin Williams should make sure Mike White is okay and keep him mm-hmm. company on the sidelines on Thursday night, but that's just me. So let's go, Zach Wilson. Let's see, Jets fans, what you got and what you lost out on uh, in the draft last year. All right, uh, let's get to it. Uh, with more of your questions for Jeff Lagerman coming up here in a moment at 641 1010. And also, I uh, just got a boatload here on social media. We'll go rapid fire as much as we can, uh, trying to prioritize your phone calls on a Check the Tape Tuesday on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Mm-hmm.
1: Check the Tape Tuesday with Jeff Logan. brought to you by Famous Automotive Tire and Quicklube, servicing every customer like they're famous on 1010XL. All
3: right, we continue along a Check the Tape Tuesday. Tony Smith is here, ET, of course, Jeff Logan. I'm Mike Dempsey, and we'll continue to get your calls in, but this one from our man, Cristiano, on Twitter, uh, log, who made up for Trayvon Walker's absence?
0: Exceptional, Arden Key played exceptional. Uh, Smoot had some uh, tackles that were behind the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage that were really strong, and then Arden Key had a sack and a half that was uh, I thought he was relentless. So, uh, look, uh, I think this football team is better with Trayvon Walker, but because you have Smoot and Arden Key behind him, it, it makes it a little bit easier to handle his absence. And I think when Trayvon comes back, Could you play him more inside because that's what they were leaning towards and that's what they were doing a little bit against Tennessee? So I don't know if he's going to be able to play this week, but if he does, I wouldn't be surprised for him to get more snaps inside to allow Smoot and Arden Key to continue playing more.
3: I was surprised that Key started over Smoot just because I thought early downs you'd want Smoot's physical run-stuffing presence, and Arden Key has like a sack on the second play of the game. Like, what do I know?
0: Yeah, I think it was more of a package thing. If they were in one package, then Smoot would have been there. Mm-hmm. If it, you know, with the package that they came out with, and Arden Key was out there, so I, it wasn't like, okay, we're giving it to Arden Key because we feel better about him. It was more package-based.
3: All right, uh, let's go to Kevin in Savannah next up here on Jaguars today. Hello, Kevin.
7: Hello. Good morning. Uh, have a question
3: for Jeff. Um, Cisco wrapped up Dak. Back- um, down by our end zone and, uh, let him go. And no, that, was, that was two, Devin Lloyd, Kevin. And we've already, uh, yeah, Oh,
2: we, excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Lloyd, Lloyd, you're right. I'm sorry. And, um, you've already talked about, it, I'm yeah, sorry. We but have. Yeah, there, that's okay. Is there is there a rule in place that if he would have took him down to the ground, the fact that he didn't know, I mean, is there a rule written in there? And, um, it looked as though he thought he had thrown the ball. I mean, yeah, he, I, he thought he threw that. the
0: ball. You know, a lot of times you can get if if Dax had in fact thrown the ball, and then Devin Lloyd takes him down to the ground. In a hard fashion, he could get flagged. Yeah,
3: right. That's Devin Lloyd has to is responsible. Right. For his actions, whether it's reasonable to know he got rid of the ball or not. Right.
0: You know, and and I'm glad he brought up the name Cisco in relation to Dak Prescott because that was, by the way, that was a good tackle by Cisco on Dak Prescott when he scrambled. Mm-hmm. And the reason I wanted to kind of go back to that is because this week you're going to have some opportunities with Zach Wilson when he scrambles, because this is a guy that is. A, quick to, to take it and go, you know, okay? So, when he does, you better punish his butt. And I'm talking punish him because he's a, he's a little reckless when he runs. And with them not really having a great option to turn to behind him and Joe Flacco, I'd take Joe Flacco out there any day of the week. So, I mean, you can't Logs tuck, to fold, turn those shoulders tuck fold and berry. okay? We can't, we can't do the tuck, uh-huh. fold, and berry when he's in the pocket, okay? But when he's running the ball – you're darn right you yeah. can.
4: And talking about the Lloyd play, with how nervous defenders have to be in that kind of situation, right, not being sure whether the ball has been thrown yet or not, is there anything that can be done about in the graphs from an official standpoint to say, I get like, – and I get it, you don't want to leave it in the official's hands to interpret what's in a player's head right. on a play, but is there anything with players having to be so careful about how they're hitting quarterbacks – To give the defender more leeway in that situation. I I think this
0: is a great learning experience for all of the Jaguar defenders, okay? And that, okay, I think Dak threw the ball, but just hold him. Mm -hmm. Squeeze him, bear hug him, hold him. Good point, right. Hold him right, hold him up. Yes. You know, if you think the ball's gone, just bear hug him and don't let him go Mm -hmm. until something happens. Either either you realize that the ball has been thrown or the official comes over there and peels you off. Say, hey, hey. Has been thrown. Mm-hmm. If not, then the officials will blow it dead because other people are going to be coming over to hit Dak because you've got him bear
3: It It's a tough position to be in because you know we're killing the guys. And you mentioned it earlier about guys getting some of those personal fouls. Trayvon Walker had him back to back weeks, and we kill him when well, they f- when that happens.
0: Foye, well, we should have killed Foyer because he launched himself into the head of the quarterback, and yes. it was just stupid. Okay, Trayvon's was a bad. The first one was you know where the hand comes down and hits the quarterback in the head. That can happen. Okay, but when you sling a quarterback down to the ground like Trayvon did on one of those Mm -hmm. two, that's just a dumb play. So, I mean, some of them, the the criticism is worthy. Some of them that are just happening because of the speed of the game. Playing hard, yeah. Okay, that's part of the game.
3: All right, uh, I'll tell you what. While we've got a moment, let's let Tony Smith take you around the National Football League. Now, gems
1: around the NFL. Brought to you by Beach's Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach.
4: Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts suffered a strained right shoulder on Sunday. His availability for the Eagles game against Dallas currently unclear. Gardner Minshew would get the start if he can't go. Philadelphia has activated tight end Dallas Goddard off their injured reserve today. He is expected to play in that Dallas game Saturday. Indianapolis running back Jonathan Taylor is feared to have suffered a high ankle sprain against Minnesota, likely out for the remainder of the season. Atlanta running back Caleb Huntley suffered a torn Achilles on Sunday. Baltimore head coach John Harbaugh said Monday that this is not the right time to put a lot of information out there regarding injuries. Quarterback Lamar Jackson has missed the last two games. Unsure what that's going to look like this week. Cincinnati defensive end Sam Hubbard is expected to miss at least the next couple of weeks with a left cap injury. His availability for the playoffs still unclear as of now. Green Bay has released wide receiver Sammy Watkins. And New York Jets head coach Robert Sala said yesterday that there are still a lot of hurdles for Mike White to be able to jump. He has not jumped them. They have ruled him out for Thursday night. Zach Wilson. We'll get the start this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars.
3: All right. Thank you, Tony. Uh, logs, uh, let's see here. Um couple oh – boy, i trying to not repeat some of the questions that we've had uh, right here. Um, I guess this is more about Zay Jones than anything, and talking about coaching. Seems like the whole receiving room has improved dramatically over the season. Trevor's accuracy has been a contributor. By the way, congratulations to Trevor for the first time this year had a – completion percentage in the 60s everything was over <laughs> 70 or under 60 i mean there was no middle ground for him and he's like 64 and a half uh well, roughly. The first
0: first time too that he threw four touchdown passes so correct i mean that's a great job by trevor and we kind of seen the three touchdown passing games and and he ended up raising that up another level
3: uh but have you seen like improvement throughout this like is zay jones Better. I know he just had a great game, so it's easy to say. But is he noticeably better? Is he doing certain things better than he was early in the season to result in this productivity?
0: Well, I think he's more consistent and and confident in what he's being asked to do, and I think that's a, a big part of it. And he's uh, staying relatively healthy. And, and if you've never had the opportunity to talk to Zay, I mean, he's a total pro. Uh, when I when I got that chance to watch him and Christian in training camp, it was it was. I was literally in awe because of how they conducted themselves in practice. Cause a lot of veteran guys get to the point where they're, I don't want to say they're coasting, but they know when to turn it on and when not to turn it on. When uh, these two guys, when they practiced, they practiced hard and that's exactly what Trevor needed. You know, he needed to have the repetitions and training camp at full speed. And these guys went full speed. And the thing that impresses me the most about Christian and Zay, they're team guys. Well, how do you know that? Well, When you watch them when they don't have the ball, that's how you tell what the game means to those guys and how much of team players they are. Christian and Zay are two of the better blocking wide receivers that have ever come through here in Jaguars history. And I'm talking they're willing to grind it out. A lot of times when you're in that three wide receiver set, a wide receiver has to be able to dig a safety out because that's just the scheme. That's what you ask them to do. And those guys are willing to do that. Early in the ball game, here's another example. Does not wide receiver, but Evan Ingram is essentially a wide receiver because he plays tight end and he plays a, a lot in that in space type situation early in the ball game. Uh, and I can show you guys on film. He absolutely clocked Van Der Esch. clocked. And I don't know if that was a play that he got right. hurt on, but I'm talking KO, dead roach, feet and legs up in the air, down to the ground, and, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I mean, but those are the kind of guys that they got, and it's, uh, that's what you got to have to win. I mean, when you talk about changing the culture, you mean you do it with guys like Zay and Christian and Evan Ingram. Uh, this one from Martin on you know, Twitter. Just, let me just add real quick on Evan Ingram. What has been the knock on Evan Ingram? Always. Drops. Drops, right? Have you ever watched him before a game? mm Mike, have you ever watched him before? You no, guys are in the studio. I saw the studio.
4: video of him do it, like a tennis ball routine. He's got a he tennis ball it. routine
0: yeah. where he wears these glasses, that, I, and it's and I'll get more specifics from Evan about it, but it has some type of light thing going on. And the tennis ball drill is designed to help that hand-eye coordination, and he works tirelessly at it. Mm-hmm. Practices, game day, and uh, and he's been better in that category.
3: All right, uh, from Martin on Twitter, winning trumps a lot of mistakes, but Trevor got also oh close to David Garrard's record streak of throws without an interception. What happened on the interception? Bad throw, bad read, good defense. Uh, what do you see? I
0: think it was just a miscommunication, and uh, you got a receiver continuing to run, and Trevor kind of throwing uh, what, what appeared to be maybe a stick route, but uh, it happens, and uh, unfortunate, but uh, yeah. I mean, it was – and I wrote it down. I can't remember exactly how many – snaps it ended up being but I wrote it down somewhere I'll see if I can find it alright uh, we'll come back one final
3: segment on the other side we'll pour in a few more of your questions a few of our own for Jeff Logman and uh, get a thought on the Thursday night matchup with the New York Jets as well and I checked the tape Tuesday this is Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM
1: Jeff Logman Tuesday is kept running better than ever by famous automotive tire and quick lube servicing every customer like they're famous on 1010 XL. All right, we've got about 9 minutes to go here with
3: Jeff Logman, so let's use them wisely. Uh, to the phones, we go once again, Tony Chris in Orange Park. Maybe our last caller of the day. Chris, you're on Jaguars today. Go ahead, please.
5: Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Um uh, Jeff, I called you a couple of weeks ago, I think during our buy about the switch from the 3-4 to the 4-3, and I've noticed over the last couple of weeks that they are getting their hands in the dirt a little bit more, getting home with uh, the quarterbacks a little bit more often. Um, but I've also noticed that Josh Allen is seeming to tip his hand a little bit more about what his intent is, whether he's trying to run pass rush, run defense, or drop into zone. When I'm, you know, how do we fix that with him standing up versus putting his hands in the dirt and knowing that we have better coverage linebackers than to allow him to drop out into zone when his his best attributes get out to the quarterback. And
4: I'll leave it at that.
0: Well, I mean, look, uh, when you play outside linebacker in a three, four, you're expected to do kind of all of the above mm-hmm. and when you can put the hand on the ground, you know, Josh has almost, I don't want to say it's twice the effectiveness, but it's, uh, marketably higher win rate when he has his hand in the ground versus when he's standing up in a two-point stance and pass rush win rate. And so Josh needs to continue to put his hand down as much as possible, but there are times to where the defense doesn't ask you to do that. So the easiest way to be able to get Josh to put his hand in the ground and rush the passer more – would be to get into more favorable down-and-distance situations, which means stop the run better than they did against the Dallas Cowboys. It will give you more opportunity to put hand-in-the-ground four guys down. But I will say the one play that I was very disappointed in that Mike Caldwell called, it was a three-man rush on like a third and three or four in the ball game, and you dropped Josh. (laughs) Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Joss has just got done beating the right tackle, and I can't remember whether it was Tyron Smith or what it was. Jason Peters. Mm -hmm. It was like, man, on third and three or four, I don't want to drop eight guys in the coverage. I want to put pressure on the quarterback on third and three or third and four. But uh, but look, the defense has got to get better as a whole. When you have pass rushers, the 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 best way to get them better is to be better against the run. And right now, you know they're kind of eh against the run and. They're not very good against the pass either, but they've been opportunistic, and if they can continue to get a little bit better and continue to be opportunistic, they'll have chances.
1: Uh, E.T., why don't we fire up that 10-10 take? 10-10. 10-10 take. Now, the 10-10 take with Mike Dempsey, brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this.
3: All right, uh, we like to use the 10-10 take on Tuesdays to get uh, one of your questions answered by Jeff Logman. And, Jeff, I've chosen this one from Zachary on Twitter. With the weather forecast in New Jersey this Thursday, I'm guessing it's going to be a run-heavy approach. With Cam out, do you see the Jags being able to run the ball effectively?
0: Well, I don't necessarily agree that it would be a run-heavy approach. You know, the Doug Peterson's offense is a pass-first offense, and that's not going to change. If, you know, Unless it's an absolute downpour, then I think that it could. So, uh, I don't think that that will change that much. Now, look, uh, when the weather is inclement, you'd like to be able to have a better ground attack, and Travis Etienne is more than capable. And I think it would be a great challenge against the Jets' defense, so they're really stout. And will and Williams play? I don't know, Mike, uh, but I'm with you that if he takes the week off and helps babysit Mike White, I'm all for it. Wouldn't bother me. <laughs> I, just want to,
3: I just want the dub, man. I don't care. I really don't. It. He's a good player. Garrett
0: Wilson wants to join him. That's
3: fine, too.
4: Yeah, and I I hope the rain stays away. Didn't love the look for Trevor in the rain up in Philadelphia and Travis Etienne's having his own issues with ball security right now. So, wouldn't love that this week. Trevor going up against cover two was a story at one point in this season. It seems like he's been – playing well enough that there's nothing really in that regard. It's like, hey, we're going to play cover three, we're going to blitz, and we're going to cover two. It seems like he's doing all right against all that. Right now, how would you choose to defend Trevor Lawrence in this pass game?
0: Well, I think that's that's a little bit of a quandary, you know, because ETN still, I think, makes defensive coordinators honest, and that they, they still have to respect him, but at the same token with Trevor, he gives you a lot of problems, and Cover two and zone seem to be kind of the favorable way to face Trevor. But the one thing Trevor has stopped doing so much is that he's not staring down an area or a guy as much as he used to because I think the reactions are quicker. The ball's coming out faster. He's Mm -hmm. making quicker decisions. He's got a better pre-snap understanding of the route concepts, a better pre-snap understanding of what the defenses are doing, and that's allowing him to be more accurate and also, he's playing the game a little bit with defenders and that he's looking one way and then he comes back another way. And that's something that really wasn't happening all the time earlier in the year. So, uh, I think it's going to be a great challenge. I mean, and look, uh, Robert Sala is a defensive-minded coach. You know, That's where he cut his teeth. He was here in Jacksonville for a while as, as a linebacker's coach, and he's got a talented group. And uh, it's going to be a great challenge for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the, the Jets are a good defense now, and it's legit. They are a legitimate Really good defense. Uh, like
3: uh, I saw Detroit did not throw a single ball at Sauce Gardner this week. Not a, not one. Mm-hmm. Didn't get a single look. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch him at all, but has is he that caliber of guy that uh, you avoid him well, at most costs, if not all costs?
0: I mean, I watched him a little bit, not a ton yet, but uh, he's arguably one of the top three, two corners in the league. And so – yeah, I mean that's that's a difficult you know throw to make. You know this past game, you know you had one of the leading interceptors in the in the league over the last couple of years in Diggs, but Diggs kind of is one of those gamblers. He leaves yeah. a lot of openings, so you're not as scared to throw his way if you feel confident the ball is going to be safe. With Sauce Gardner, he's contesting nearly every ball, and that's that's going to make it a challenge to throw that way. And uh, But the good thing is they only have one sauce. There's not two or three. <laughs>
4: sure. We've talked a little bit about James Robinson, and we'll see what kind of impact he has on this game, if any. Are you surprised that Quincy Williams has turned into as effective a player as he has for the Jets these last couple of years?
0: No, just because when he was here, I mean, the guy got great athleticism, great speed. He just had a really hard time grasping the defense. And fortunately for him, when the Jets traded for him, it's the the same defense. So he's got a lot of years now built up into the system. And so I think the familiarity with the scheme and the understanding of what he has to do really helped him because there was never a question about his skill set, his athleticism. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a linebacker come through here that had the ability and the timing to hit people and you just went, Oh, my God. Yeah. Crazy, so should they have yeah. been more patient? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, you know, you could probably say that with a, a, a bunch of different guys in the history of this club, just like oh. probably everybody could have. You know, I mean, every organization has guys that they arguably should have been more patient with. But, um, but you know, you, you make the best interest. Uh, you make the best decision in the best interest of the club at the time. And sometimes it turns out to be right. Sometimes it turns out to be the wrong.
3: We look at uh, Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson, obvious advantage on our side, but it's a team game. Do you believe the Jaguars should win this football game?
0: I don't want to say should because the Jets have a really good defense. It's their place. There's a lot riding on this game for that football team, just like it is this football team. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in the NFL that uh, you shouldn't win any football game. I think they got a great chance to win this football game, but I don't think they should.
3: Okay. Um, where are we going to catch you rest of the week game day? That's it. huh? Yeah.
0: Game day on Thursday and, uh, the outdoor show is still going Saturday, but I'll probably be calling in.
3: Oh, all right. Well, it's Christmas. But, Eve. <laughs> uh,
0: here, here's the one thing that we still have the Jaguars broadcast uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. that's going to be and Brent Martineau is going to be doing that and I'll actually do a segment with Brent Wednesday. So, uh, it will be Wednesday night Jaguars all access and then the film room segment that we do for that. We still did it this week, but we did it without a coach, and it's the double move touchdown to Zay Jones, which great play design, and it was a cool play because the play action actually pulls the safety away from the defensive back that you're trying to attack to get in one-on-one and double move. But, man, the the hero on that play that probably doesn't get talked about very much, uh, and that's the tight end uh, because – Huh? Manhurts. Yeah, yeah. Manhurts did a great job because Dante Fowler doesn't buy the play fake. You know, you're expecting the play fake to pull the safety away from the attack, the corner that you're going against, and then Dante also be pulled away with the run run action, but he didn't buy it and Mann Hertz had to block him and he was the one that allowed Trevor the time to get outside and to make that throw on the run. It was a beautiful play. We're going to break it down on film.
3: All right, uh, Logs, uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday night. Uh, have a good uh, trip. Safe Thank you, travels. Man. Thank you, Tony. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right, there you go. Jeff Logman out the
1: door on a check the tape Tuesday. Let's say hello to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally-owned automotive repair shop. Big Circe in the house. Hello, Leon. What's going on, gentlemen? How you doing? We're
3: doing well. We are doing good, good well. Good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> well, uh, you know, logs weighed in on this, but what, what's your confidence level on Walker Little uh, stepping in for Cam for the remainder of this season? Um... Uh, Hopefully he does an adequate job. Hopefully he does an adequate job. Okay. Uh, um, that doesn't sound I mean, the reason why, I mean, the, super confident. Well, the reason why Cam got hurt is because he got beat inside of, at the right tackle position against Michael Parsons, and he fell on the back of his leg. That was a little alarming and disturbing to me. And then you're going to put him at left tackle where he's going to have to franchise his backside. So he's got to play well. Just, if this team is going to do what it needs to do moving forward, he's got to play outstanding. He's got to play better. And he's played maybe that we saw earlier this season. What do you guys have coming up today? Uh, well, we're going to talk a little MVP. You know, we're going to talk NFL MVP. We're going to talk a little college football, and uh, we're still on the Jaguar high from the,
0: from yeah, the win against look, the Cowboys.
3: Uh, I mean, it seems like it's a, a Hurts Mahomes race at MVP at the top, but yep. uh, now that they vote five deep, uh, I don't think it would be shocking if the Jags won out if Trevor Lawrence got like a. A fifth-place voter, too. You know what I mean? That would be nice. You know, to to live. Yeah, he's a-listen. Over the last six games, he's looked as good as anybody. And that would be, if the Jags were able to win out, and we're getting ahead of ourselves, that that would be uh, tripling their win total from last year, adding six to the pile, which would be pretty impressive. So uh, we shall see. Leon, have a great show. All right, appreciate it. All right, there you go. Tony, have a great day. Thank you. ET, likewise, are we going to race now, or are we waiting? What are we doing this afternoon? No, let's save it for about uh, next week. Uh, Next week with (laughs) your ankles healed. I don't like that plan. All right, uh, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for listening to Jaguars Today on a Check the Tape Tuesday. For Jeff Logman, Tony, and ET, I'm Mike Dempsey. XL Primetime is next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.